One of the things that we live with in our world is an inability of naming things. Everything is relative. So to say something's wrong means you're offending people who do it. So therefore, nothing's really wrong. It's all in the eyes of the beholder. Well, that's definitely not Tanya's worldview. And the truth is, it's not Judaism's worldview as well. I remember a friend of mine, you know, when we went to Yeshiva, so one of the things that they discouraged us from doing was watching movies, watching TV series. And there was a friend of mine who was watching. Wasn't a bad guy, great guy, just that's what his uh, thing was. And whenever he used to watch, he used to start excusing it. Well, you know, I was doing it because of this, because of that. And I remember one time one of my mentors turned to him and said, listen, do what you got to do. But the moment you're finding excuses, you're never going to change. Now, that was given an example of something that many of the listeners will say, big deal. So you watch the movie. Fine. But each community with its standards. Each and every one of us fails in many areas of our life to live up to our ultimate standards. But the calling is not to be perfect, but at least be honest. And that's what Tanya is talking to us about. It's talking about, about, here's the deal. This is what Hashem wants. That makes it an obligation. This is what Hashem doesn't want. That makes it a prohibition. These are the things that Hashem doesn't mind as long as we do it with the right intention. Now, if that makes us feel great or doesn't make us feel great, at least we have to be honest with ourselves and say, you know what, I'm not ready. Fine. I'm not ready to take on kosher. I'm not ready for Shabbos. That's between me and my God, and that's fine. But the second I start saying Shabbos isn't important, that's not fair. Just because I'm not ready for something doesn't make it non-important or not high on the priorities that I should be aspiring to. So based on this idea, let's now explore. As we spoke about those things that prohibited, in Torah's language, they're called asur, prohibited, but asur also means tied up. They're totally tied up. They don't have the ability of being loosened up and becoming part of our service of God. Then there are things which are mutar, which are untied. That's what the word mutar means. It also means in Allahic jargon it's pr- permitted, but it, it, it comes from the word untied. In other words, each and every one of us have the ability of taking this thing which is untied and elevating. doesn't mean it, it will definitely become holy, but it means I have the potential of turning it into holiness. So, for example, my meal. I can do with it incredible stuff or I could just use it for indulgence and then downgrade it and not make it live up to the potential it always had and towards the end of chapter 7 he goes on to to specify certain sins although Tanya is not a book of Musar, it's not a book of rebuke which is telling you don't do this, do this but it is a a book of a worldview and part of its importance of explaining a worldview is, is giving practical examples so, for example, something that's totally prohibited is intimacy with somebody we shouldn't be with. What wasting seed? And he goes on a whole Kabbalistic journey of understanding the, the deep offense to God by taking something which has the potential of creation, like man's seed, and just wasting it. And in a way, from a spiritual perspective, it's even worse than being with a, a, a woman that the person shouldn't be with because at least over there there's something to receive that energy over here you're just giving this incredible potency energy into nowhere and there's nowhere to receive it but on the other hand he explains that there is 
uh, it's easier to do tshuva for that because at least it wasn't accepted into somebody else and it might it doesn't turn into a human being or it we're told each time a, a man and wife are together or a man and woman are together there is something that is created even if it's not a child so when somebody's alone they're not creating a child and they're not creating a angel but they're they are wasting which is extremely powerful but on the other hand it's easier to redeem in if somebody chooses to repent the point of all this is that our actions matter what happens in a bedroom matters think about it when when a person uh, a man and woman come together, they have the potential to do something which they never have at any other stage of their life, and that is to create something from nothing. That's what birth is. And that power is so abused, especially in our generation, in our time where sex is simply seen as an act of pleasure and indulgence, rather than an act that is obviously pleasurable, but it's done with incredible responsibility and maturity because it's not a joke. We're creating life whether it's a baby that's going to be formed or it's simply angels and energies that we're creating in the world. But this this thing matters. And we wrap up chapter 7, which was a, a really a chapter that discusses the black, the white, and the gray in middle, the klipas naga, the thing that has potential and could go either way. And sexuality is a perfect example. It has the potential for incredible holiness, the sexual energy, but also the sexual energy has incredible potential for destruction. Some of the greatest people in history have lost their mind and lost their entire character by giving themselves up, giving them in to the libido, to the power of sexuality without any discipline. So is sex good or bad? It's a, it's a, it's a potential. It has a potential to create life, which is something that is godlike but also has the potential to destroy. What we do with it is our free choice. So it's gray, but the moment we use it, at that moment we've either gone and become godlike or become animal-like, and the choice is totally ours.